Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts with April Mahoney Brains. This is the spot. This is the hot spot. The place where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. And we're going to talk about dating. Right. And we're going to go in deep. Uh, it looks like she might be in her office, so I don't know how deep we can go, but we're going to talk about the dating scene. What does it look like over 40? Trying to get your freak on. <laughs> Trying to find the right person with this online dating, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I've been married for 39 years and I'm still at the place where, you know, I need to see you like this, not like this. So we're going to talk to Lynn about that and a whole lot more. Let's welcome her to the show, Lynn Imhoff. Imhoff. Lynn Imhoff. Forgive me. Welcome to the show, darling. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. So, uh, dial back. Tell us a little bit about how you show up in the world. Oh, um, you know, it's funny you say that because I've been working with a coach for the last month or so, and we were talking about how my boss wrote, because I work, I still work full time. Um, my boss calls me unflappable. Um, and the first time he said that, I was like, hmm, I don't know if that fits. But the truth is, I guess after being a single parent for 18 years and um you know I'm just one of those people who gets knocked down and keeps getting back up and I it takes a lot to ruffle my feathers and um so I guess unflappable is is kind of it kind of fits um but really what lights me up is making a difference um teaching women and men too, but mostly women is what I, is who I work with. Just that they can be more and have more and don't have to settle and how to trust their gut um, because so many of us don't and to use our voice. Right, well, words are powerful, but you know, you have to have more than that. You gotta have a keen sense of insight. You have to trust yourself and you have to look at the signs. You For know, sure. The signs are there, they are there. And people refuse to see them. We also have to understand how much our risk tolerance is. How much are we willing to concede to a new relationship? Because when you get to a certain age, baby, everybody got some baggage. They got some bad credit. They got some bad teeth. (laughs) They got some bad health. They got some bad kids. All of that is a part of who they are. So what are we willing to edit and filter for the sake of this thing called love? Tell my brains a little bit about you. So you, um, you know, you were married and you consciously uncoupled. You were twice, a single parent. Actually. Twice. You were married twice? <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Um, did you have the same sense of circumstances in the second marriage that you had in the first that you ignored? Were there signs? Were there symptoms? Or was it a totally different set of circumstances? I think I was a different person, but it was also a different set of circumstances. 
Um, I grew up in a upper middle class Jewish family, kind of had my whole life planned out for me. I was a music major in college and, um, you know, I was going to marry, you know, go to college and meet, you know, a nice Jewish doctor. <laughs> that was like, that was the plan. Um, it did not turn out that way. I wound up leaving college after a year and a half, came home and got a job in a restaurant as a waitress, food server, they call them now, um, and fell in love with it. And I think it was because I'm such a people person. And when I was a music major, I was in a practice room practicing by myself for like four to five hours a day. And so I just really loved being around people and loved the restaurant business and wound up staying in that for a good 12, 13 years. But that's where I met my first husband. He was a cook, mm. Hispanic, um, not Jewish. <laughs> so Yeah, you know, different side of the world. Different side of the world. So um, now let me ask you a and question. I was young I like, too, I like, I like 21, just so you know. Okay, I like to ask, well, you know, everybody wants a little flavor. There's nothing wrong with it. All but, good. You know, did you get opposition from family? I did, actually. My parents didn't come to my wedding the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, I don't, I know for a fact that they are not prejudiced. It had nothing to do with him being Hispanic. I think I just really flew, you know, flew for a loop. Now, 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 now I'll say this, I, and let, let me say this, I'm not uh, judging your parents. We all are prejudiced. There's all, there's all of us, there's certain things that we don't like. And, and it's not because again, of who he was, but that's not the framework. That's not the playbook that they had laid out for land. Exactly. Okay. And so automatically, you know, when he didn't wear a yarmulke and read the Torah and keep the Sabbath, he was disqualified. <laughs> okay. Look at you and all your knowledge. I love oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. My savior was a Jew. But anyway, um, but then as my husband told me, you can't relive your life vicariously through your children. So take note to that brains. You know, they, we are just the vessel that they come through, but once they come out, they belong to the world and we got to do what we got to do. And that can cause some, you know, some trepidation and some, and some problems in the relationship because again, they didn't show up and you know how Mexican families are. Everybody shows up, everybody's eating, everybody's dancing. We're loving everybody. <laughs> and, and it's and probably a shock for them too. They probably want a nice Hispanic girl. <laughs> All right. So fast forward. So you get in this marriage and you find that it doesn't work. Did you have children in that marriage? I had one. Yes. One. Okay. She turned 33 last weekend. Okay. So now she's biracial. Mm -hmm. And that is a whole nother set of circumstances because, because of your upbringing probably and belief system, you wanted to raise her in that same belief. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he was. I'm just assuming that more Hispanics are more through, uh, Catholics and Catholicism. Yes. So mm -hmm. there's a, you know, she's looking at, you know, bobbing and weaving, trying to make everybody happy as well, too. So that can be pretty contentious on the on the family. All right. So the marriage doesn't work. Now you fall in love with a second person. What happened there? Also Hispanic. Oh, um. girl, you like a little, <laughs> like little flavor. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Still in the <laughs> restaurant business. But, you know, and the truth is that the, that's who I was hanging out with. That's, you know, that's, I worked in a Mexican restaurant. Ain't, but um, ain't nothing like a Latin lover. Now, let's not lie, <laughs> okay? I know. I, 
I've had yeah. my spice too. Okay. There you go. I've had my 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 uh, share of cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go so yeah I was actually a single parent with um, my oldest at 11 she was 11 months old and I met my second husband when she was probably about four and a half almost five um like I said he was also in the restaurant business and we were together a long time we had two more children um another girl and um and my son so my 27 and now 23 so so you have three now. children so now what did mom and daddy come to the second wedding? They did. They did. All right. So they lightened yeah. the load. That was different. Lighten the load. They loved their grandchildren. They would do anything for them. And yeah. Okay. But were they loving Lynn and Lynn's choices? Did that they were. They and, were. Okay. All right. Good. Now, that marriage did not last. Uh, and so then you find yourself single single parent with three kids and yeah 14 nine and four 14 nine and four wow yes yeah. that's... three kids three different schools well my youngest I had to put into daycare at the time but yeah it was a lot and I was a single mom for 18 years um mm -hmm. the second time so yeah I'm like running around with my head chopped off <laughs> doing all that stuff but you're trying to find yourself and you know what it's hard in the dating scene. You got three kids, three little minds that you're molding, three personalities. Uh, how old was the oldest one you said first? 14? 14. 14. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's a decision maker. On age. <laughs> yeah. That's the person that's going to tell you what to do. And is being influenced and also biracial. Brains say, you can say what you want to say. It makes a difference, Okay. It's a cultural, you're trying to find your identity, you're trying to fit in, you're trying not to be bullied, trying to be disrespect, not being disrespected or disrespectful because both cultures have high levels of expectation and demand excellence. All right, so now, how in the world did you find time for Lynn to try to date, to try to, you know, because you still wanna get out and, and, and do something. The truth is for the first at least five years, maybe almost six, I didn't date at all. I didn't, honestly, it never even occurred to me. I was so busy with three kids running around, um, just trying to get them to their stuff and their activities. And I did find a little time for me. I play the flute. So I joined a community band and got out of the house, you know, once a week and did that for rehearsals and stuff. Because you know, my children know, even to this day, I need, I need some Lynn time because if I don't, <laughs> if okay. I don't get it, you don't really want to be around me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've learned how to balance that. Um, so it wasn't really, my oldest finally said, you know, she said to me, are you ever going to go on a date again? And it really, it had never even dawned on me. Mm. Um, cause I was so, I was so in mom mode. Um, so I was like, huh, hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> I think she was honestly just asking because she wanted me out of the house once in a while, <laughs> but I'm sure, but, um, it made me start thinking, I was like, oh, you know, and I started, I talked to some friends and, but I also realized, you know, and all my friends were married. I didn't have really any divorce friends at the time. Um, but it made me realize because she was getting older, she was like oh, 19, you know, one day they're all going to be out of the house and you know my youngest is going to go to college and then it's just going to be me and so um so I started dating and 
you know, dating had changed. <laughs> I can't, dating has I definitely can't. changed. I've know? been married 39 years. I wouldn't even know what an online dating website looks like. Okay. So now here you are. Um, you could be alone, but not lonely. Mm -hmm. But there's a point that we still all want compassion, tenderness, sex, intimacy, all that. And you suppressed all of that for the best interests of your children because you don't want to be introducing your kids to just any old body. You don't want to be like a revolving door. Then they can form a different opinion of what love is or who their mother is. And you're just trying to find yourself. Yeah. You got to try, try some shoes to see if they fit. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is very true. And, you know, yes, there were people that I went out with and dated that they didn't know about. But, you know, and it, it was a live and learn experience. You know, after my divorce, I did do some work on myself quite a bit, actually. But, you know, it's still a process. It's still a learning process. Um, you know, I don't realize it definitely is. Um, you know, I learned so much about myself, putting myself out there, um, learning who was right for me, who was wrong for me. You know, I learned something from every person I was in a relationship with. And that was anybody from five months to the longest I dated somebody was three years. Um, and I took breaks in between. And then there were people that I, you know, I went on like a 11 first dates in a row <laughs> and nothing ever came out of it. But I learned something from every single one, whether it was something that I was looking for or something I definitely wasn't. <laughs> and I don't regret all of them, any of them because of that, you know, even the, you know, even the guy who humped my leg. I mean, there are stories no, he, that like- No, he didn't, girl, did he? <laughs> oh yes, he did. There are like, you know, there's, there are the truth is there are great people out there but there are some weirdos out there some too freaks out never there. Know. there are some freaks but sometimes a freak is all right <laughs> so we, we can't all we can't all deny that again no. it depends on what you're looking for are you looking for a relationship <laughs> are you looking for a husband are you looking for a 1-800 freak are you looking for a one night stand? You have to know. You will yourself. find it all out there. You have to know yourself, and you Absolutely. have to be clear. You know the dating scene is uh, would be kind of weird because there's. I have friends that do the speed dating, the online dating. This just you know, just random anybody. That's not dating. They they're just looking for sex, um, and you run across some trouble too because you put yourself in a very vulnerable position but you get there at the table and you talk about your exes for the first three hours the first couple dates people don't want to hear about your ex they want to hear about you right yes yeah and, and like you said earlier we all have baggage i mean honestly in this day and age i don't think we can get to kindergarten without baggage i mean oh. everybody Everybody has it, like you said, whether it's exes, whether it's aging parents. I mean, I'm 57, you know, you know, we get to that age where we're dealing with that, whether we have 
kids with special needs or just kids in general, like there, there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, that we all have, but it's not about the baggage. And this is what I always say. It's not about the baggage. It's about how we carry it because no, like you said, nobody wants to hear about all that. Yes. Eventually you get to that, but it doesn't have to be on a first date. <laughs> like when you just spill your guts and, right, you right. know, That's I can't tell you how many guys people would hear that I want coach. And then they would just tell me about how nasty, you know, all the stuff that their exes did. I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not coaching you. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> if you right. want to, you want to be coached, you can pay me, but we're not doing that on a date. Like Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Okay. So and you have go. to get over, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. You have to get over your stuff. Like, you know, the divorce rate for first marriages is 50%, yeah. 60% for second marriages and 73% for third marriages. Yeah. And I really do believe that a big part of that is that we don't look at ourselves and work on ourselves in between relationships, whether it's marriage or not, right. you know, because it takes two, it really does take two. And I spent two years after my second divorce being pissed off and angry. You know, we wound up, there were some issues that came up because um, we were dealing with immigration stuff at the time and he started drinking. And I spent two years going, I didn't pour the alcohol down his throat, you know, but I also had to own that for two years before we got divorced or separated, I didn't speak up as much as I could. You know, not that I could have changed that behavior, but I didn't like to make waves. I grew up in a house where we didn't have a lot of anger. And I'm sure my parents fought once in a while. That's normal, but they didn't do it in front of us. So people's anger at the time would, you know, I would back away from it. I didn't want to deal with confrontation and stuff like that. And I didn't want to make waves. So I didn't speak up. And so I had to own my part of that and learn my part and take radical responsibility for my part of that. Because no matter what, it takes two to make something work and it takes two to break it apart. And until that we liquid, learn you know, well, that they took three, honey, they took three because that liquid courage, <laughs> that monkey oil can turn things from a flicker to a flame for sure for okay. sure but and I had to own my part of it before I could go fresh into something new because it's not the other person's you know the new person it's not on them every time we get triggered or something reminds us of something you know so we need to deal with our stuff and there's some clear signs I like to share with people that you might want to consider when you are dealing with a suitor you know, that first dinner, they might bring their representative. They don't bring their true authentic self. The second date, they're a little bit looser. Watch how many drinks they have and the composure that they have. You know, can they have one beer, two beer, or every time the waitress comes past? That's a pattern of behavior. Third date, how do they talk about women? Do they have mommy issues? Clear indicator of how they treat women. Do they call them, you know, colorful names? Um, do they have a wandering eye? You know, you can tell a player when you see them, how they, how they come up on you. Are they cheap and stingy? Do they pay for the dinner? Do you pay for the dinner? I'm telling you, it don't get no better. Uh, do they want to have sex with you at the first, first night? I ain't with that. You know, I, I, I'm not with that. But then you never know. If we've had a bunch of drinks, maybe I am with it. 
but you have to be in control of that, you know? And then when you're, when you're with that person, are you just having sex or is it intimate? Do they show any sort of passion, any sort of compassion? Do they care about pleasing you? Again, it doesn't get any better. So these are some telltale signs that you might want to look at. Um, I had a great guest on my show that was a victim of domestic violence, not once, but twice. And now she's married a prison inmate. The prison inmate is in there because he caught his wife uh, with a sexual indiscretion. Well, he didn't call her a pretty colorful name to get all these years. Something had to go on. So I'm seeing, in my mind, there could be potentially some more violence. Pay attention to the signs. Relationships are so different now. You've got lesbian relationships, transgender, non-binary. Uh, what is this? Polyamorous. Uh, what's what's this other one they call? They're uh, uh, you, you have gay relationships. So the dynamics and the emotions are layered and they're multi-layered. When you're working with individuals in coaching, what are some of the 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 basic steps that you give them to unpack some of this stuff before they can even consider going into another relationship? Well, it's funny you say that because I think when most people think about dating coaches and relationship coaches, they think about, you know, wanting help with their profile and all of the, you know, how to recognize scams and stuff like that, which is super important and we do cover. But the truth is, is that it's all, you know, you have to start with the attitude and the mindset, no matter what in this world, it's, you know, it's all about mindset. I mean, I work with people over 40. And I hear people in their 30s and 40s and in their 60s and 70s, I'm never going to find somebody out there. There's nobody, you know, I have too many kids. I'm too fat. I mean, when I started dating, the highest I've ever been is 413 pounds. I've dealt with weight issues. You was packing four people? I have dealt with weight issues my entire life. Wow. So, you know, the stuff people tell themselves, the stuff I was telling myself, you know, who would want to be with me? I'm, you know, I'm overweight. I have three kids, you know, all mm -hmm. of it. We all do it. Mm -hmm. Right. But the truth is, is that if we believe that, then we're right. If there, you know, if we believe there's nobody out there for us, then we're a hundred percent right. We have there's to believe for everybody. There's somebody for everybody. There absolutely is. There absolutely is. So the first thing we work on is my mindset and attitude, because, you know, whether it comes, you know, for affirmations or just you know, that belief in yourself and having confidence. So we work on that. And then we start working on our values, what's important to us. What are we looking for in a relationship? What are we looking for in a partner? What are our deal breakers? What are, you know, because the truth is, look, as we get older, not only is there bad, there's no, there's no such thing as perfection. There's perfect for us, but there's nobody perfect out there. So we just need to know what we're willing to tolerate for less lack of a better word but you know what we're okay with you know I learned along the way my youngest when I started dating again because um, I took a break for a while um, when my son was in high school I realized that I no longer like I was not dating anybody with kids younger than my son 
They're like, I have been a single parent for long enough. I am not raising anybody else's kids. You know, if I met some, like when he was a senior in high school, if I met somebody who was phenomenal, who had maybe a freshman or a sophomore kid in high school, if they were that amazing, I probably would have dealt with it. But a toddler or a middle schooler, they're like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to do it. And then you have to incorporate the baby or the daddy drama. Right. Because you're, you have to consider, you know, who you're introducing your children to, rules, regulations, expectations, conversations, their father, and on the flip side, these other kids' mother, who you are, and, and really how engaged do you really want to be in that? You know, do right. I really want to deal with, you know, you guys and custody issues or child support issues or school clothes shopping and uh, do I want to be bothered with all of that so you know I get it but also again like I said the imposter syndrome people send their representative they want to put on their their best I have this guest on my show Carol bless her heart she was in her late 70s husband had died and he was a bit controlling but he left her a boatload of cash and she swore that she was not going to be controlled by anybody ever again. So she goes on this dating site, girl, and she finds this lovely German man. Well, he's got to go to Germany and he's got to see his mother and he needs a visa. And then he needs to get over there and he needs transportation and he needs somewhere to stay, but it's just temporary because he's going to get it all together and he's going to get, you know, work. And, but then he needs to get that visa so that he can get a work permit because he's coming to see you. All that $300,000 later. Wow. And I said, Carol, did he send you a picture of his junk? <laughs> <laughs> That's something else you have to deal with, though. <laughs> exactly. That, that does not turn me on. When did that become okay? Yeah, when did that become a thing? And it's kind of disgusting. But anyway. So, it, uh, and... I said, how did, and that's called catfishing. How did he catfish you? What was he saying? She said, well, the first thing is, hello, beautiful. How are you? Uh, got to know you. But as you communicate, remember, you're not just receiving information. You're delving out information. Her favorite song, her favorite flower. What do you like to eat? When we get together, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Do you like me to rub your feet? And then he just kept building on it. Well, long story short, this was a team of about three Nigerian, black Nigerian guys that got that money from her. And she was so embarrassed and so ashamed, she didn't know what to do. They caught them actually getting cars, car, uh, cart loading vehicles on cargo ships to send them to Nigeria. And, you know, she went through all of this and it's international. So you're vulnerable. You know, you're standing there like the king in the middle of the court with no clothes on. You want to yeah. be loved. You want to be told that you're, you know, that you're beautiful. What's your favorite song? You know, let's play some Frank Sinatra and all this kind of stuff. But you need to be on top of your game. I want to know your name, your blood type, your mama's name. I want to see you on Zoom. I'm not giving you 15 cents until, you know, I'll pay for a dinner, pay for the move. Sure. But that's not my M.O. People are just so vulnerable now, but you get caught in that Spengali 
in the, you know, in the words on these online dating sites? What are some of the things that we should look for? And what are some of the things proactively that people should do when they're seeking, you know, seeking love or a relationship or even a good friendship online? Well, first, if you're online, there has to be a picture. A lot of people I know start conversations with people who don't even have a picture or have no, like not even a sentence on their profile. Wow. Like, what's the point? Like, if, if somebody can't take 10 minutes to write a paragraph or two next, I mean, what's the point? But people, but we do it, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and like you said, we're vulnerable. We want to hear, you know, especially people who've been alone for a long time or don't have the confidence and they want to hear that, you know, they need somebody else to fill them up, which is not anybody else's job to do except for ourselves. But it really, you know, it, it's about trusting your gut. And, you know, and I've, I've had to learn to do that too, you know, but, and I have been scammed once and it took me a long time to tell somebody that because like your friend, what I, happened? go ahead you on the edge you just it's just me and you tell me what happened <laughs> a little bit about what nobody what? else is listening know. well and that was my other tip you know not that i'm i'm sure that there are people out of the country that are legit but that seems to be a big a, you know the biggest sign you know red flag or whatever is that they're from another country you know if they're contacting you on facebook which happens a lot too they don't have any and friends or it's a brand new account, you know, and there's, you know, there's no, when you flip through it, there's nothing there or it's brand new, you know. Or wait, 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 wait. I, okay. So I want you to look at these profiles because I bust them every time and I just block them. Instagram is a big one as well. Mm -hmm. Get them all the time. They will put a picture of I'm a doctor or I'm mm -hmm. in the military or I'm a pilot. Yeah. And those are the best ones, see... military and pilot. <laughs> right, right. And so you'll see them. And they have a picture and the picture is repeated, but then look to the left of their friends, all females. You don't have one male friend, none. They're collecting it. They're collecting mm -hmm. like tokens. And then hello, beautiful. But how do you know? I could be looking like a mutt duck. You don't know I'm beautiful. <laughs> you haven't touched my heart yet. You don't know how beautiful I am. Look for those key signs. It's a, it's, I'm telling you, it's a key indicator and on social media, it's right out there. Okay. So yeah. finish telling me. Um, yeah. Out of, you know, they, I don't even remember where somewhere in Europe, you know, did the whole thing. You're beautiful. You're so special, you know, lots of text messages and messaging back and forth and all of that. And, um, he was going to come and visit, you know, and the, but then his mom had issues and he needed money and the truth, you know what, you know, I couldn't have gotten into the trouble that your friend got into because I don't have that kind of money. I was living check to check, you know, so I didn't have extra money to be sending, but I still managed to, you know, I had gotten a new credit card and $500 later. And here's the thing. So I only, I thank God only lost $500, but when I went to Walgreens to get the gift the it was like a gift card like a yeah, Visa well, gift card kind of thing dot cards or something like yeah. that yeah well it was a Visa gift card but sign number one should have paid attention to not one not he didn't want it in one gift card he wanted it in smaller amounts in fifty dollar increments and when I went to pay for them 
the cashier said to me, and this was this was probably eight years ago. So before that there was, you know, nowadays there's even signs by the gift cards that say, you know, that make sure that you know the person that you're buying this for or something like that. Because really? at least I live in the Chicago area in the suburbs and there's signs everywhere. But the cashier said to me, are you sure you want all these separate or something along those lines to like make sure that these were legit purchases? And I said, yes, and ignored the signs. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, thank goodness. So, their MO. so are you listening to this? What we're telling you brains, pay attention to that. You know, pay attention to that. <laughs> Tells me, oh, well, I need $500. I, baby, I was just about to ask you, I need $500 too, you know? So what are we going to do? And your mama's sick. Uh, really? So you're a son that don't have the means to take care of your mother, but you're going to come to another woman to listen to what they're saying, listen to what they're saying and never zoom with you. Never, see, never see you. I have a friend that, uh, her daughter, uh, this European doctor, he's a doctor and he loves me. And he's this, he's that she went to the bank and got a loan, got a loan and sent him the money. Haven't seen him anything. Now she's got, you know, a little bit of a, a mental health challenge as well, but they're going to take advantage of you. And she was so excited that someone was, you know, showing her some attention. So it's, it's very difficult. So you get into this relationship. Now you're married again. You're married a third time. What makes this the, the golden ticket? What makes this one right? Well, first of all, I was not planning on ever getting married again. <laughs> it was not the plan. Um, and I, it's important to say, like, I really did do a lot of work on myself and really knew what I was looking for, but I had gotten to, there were two things that were very life-changing for me. One is I, I got to the point where not only did I say out loud that if I never met somebody, I would really be okay. Not only did I say that out loud, I really did believe it. You know, did I want to be alone for the rest of my life? Probably not, but did I need to be with somebody? No, I wanted to be with somebody and that was very different. So really believing that I would really be okay if I never met somebody was huge for me. And the other thing, and it's got me number one to stop wasting time, but to really trust my gut because I would give people benefit of the doubt after a first date when they'd ask for a second date, even though I wasn't feeling it, I would tell myself, well, maybe they were nervous or, you know, and then we'd go out again. And then here I am. Like, Why am I here? Why didn't I listen to my gut? So I realized that if I didn't walk out of a first date, I'm like, God, I really want to see them again. That was it. We were done. And about two weeks after that is when I met my now husband. I was actually taking a break from dating because I had been on 11 first dates that were just not great. So I was taking a break because my son was a senior in high school and he was getting ready to go to school. I was like, all right, we'll spend time together. And, you know, before he goes away to college. And so I went off all the dating sites that I was on. I think I was on three or four, canceled them all, but I had forgotten about one. I had forgotten about OkCupid. And one day I got an email that says one of their typical emails with like nine pictures in the email, nine guys pictures and said, one of these guys liked you. And so I was like, oh, why am I getting this? I thought I canceled everything. 
but apparently I forgot that one. And so I clicked on one of the guys. He was not the one who liked me, but I clicked on the one that I was attracted to. And he actually had written like three or four paragraphs and had some great pictures and really, you know, told about himself and took the time to do it. And so I sent him a message because he had written that the three most important things to him in a relationship were trust, honesty, and integrity. And I had written the same exact thing. So I sent him a message and we started messaging back and forth and we talked on the phone for about a week and then we met in person. And now let me ask, is he Hispanic? He is not. Oh, is he Jewish? <laughs> he is not. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, good, 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 good. That you stepped outside of, you know, we all have a type, you know, I, there's yeah. a certain type. Um, before I met Mr. Magnificent, you know, I had a smorgasbord. I, I was going to try all the flavors. I was going to try all 31 flavors. You're absolutely right. You know, you got to uh, kiss a few frogs till you find a prince. But sure. you have to be discreet. You have to know yourself. You have to listen to yourself. Let me ask you about these dating sites because you have to watch them too. They can be kind of tricky. People say you have to pay for them, pay for membership. One of my girlfriends says she spent all day filling out a profile. She was on it for about three or four months. And they told her there was nobody. Couldn't find a single match out of all these people. But if you pay XYZ per month, you know, they can do that. How does that work? How do these dating sites work? You know, they're all different. And the truth is I haven't been on them in five years. Actually six. Um, since I met my husband. Although I'm tempted to re to rejoin just so I can see what they're like now because I met my husband before, um, you know, swiping left and swiping right and all that. So we just met on a regular site, but there are free sites. But the truth is, is that I, you know, however the algorithm is that works probably similar to Facebook, um, you know, however the algorithm works, you know, they will send you more, you know, choices or more profiles when you pay. I mean, that's really how it works. Now, I was not paying for OkCupid. It was one of the free ones that I was on and that's what I met my husband on. Okay. So they're all different. I mean, you know, it just depends. You can meet people on the free sites, but I, I do think that you get more quality. I don't think you should be spending a fortune, but it just depends on, you know, it depends on what you have and what you're willing to spend. So now when you wrote your profile, did you uh, put the parameters that you wanted him in your geographical area or were you open to another state? I think I put maybe 50 miles, but it, there's, there's nowhere really to, unless you write it in your profile that you're willing to move or something like that. There's no, like, because the choices really are like zero to 10 miles or 10 to 25 miles, you know, that kind of thing. So if you're willing to do that, I would say to put that in your profile to write that in there. So the first date, the first time you saw him, did you have butterflies? Were you all giddly? Uh, were you drooling at the mouth? <laughs> it was kind of actually before that. Um, wow. On the, our, our second long phone call, I knew he was totally different than anybody else I'd ever been with or gone on a date with. Um, he worked second shift. So we would talk at like midnight on his way home. Oh. So it was really late. 
I was tired and I asked a question that I never ever asked. Um, you know, one of those like, where have you been all my life kind of questions. Mm -hmm. And his answer was growing. Oh. And I was like, what? That's like, I literally was like, because most people would be like, I don't know. <laughs> right. <Duh. laughs> I don't know. What do, you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> so I was really floored by his answer. And I was like, huh, okay, that was different. Um, and we just really connected. And he was probably more, you know, a lot of guys don't talk as much as, you know, really women talk more than guys do. Um, but he likes to talk and he was okay being vulnerable and open, um, which was important to me. I mean, I've done a lot of work on myself. So I wanted to be with somebody who was very aware and into personal development and personal growth and, and all of that. And that's what I found. Okay. Now introducing him to the kids. So yeah, I invited him for dinner. No, he's one of nine, but never had children. Um, which was a little red flag to me, I'm not gonna lie, because who get, you know, who gets to their 50s and doesn't have to, there's gotta be a story there, right? So I asked him about it. He was vulnerable. He told me and I was like, oh, okay, that works for me. Um, so I invited him to dinner. He met my kids. Um, now my parents live in Florida. So my oldest looked at him and said, so what is about my mom that our mom that you like? put it right out there. And I like shot her a look and she says to me, well, grandma and grandpa are in Florida. So somebody's got to ask. That's right. That's right. That's right. So they did. And he told them, not only was I beautiful on the outside, he loved what he saw on the inside and that I was kind and had a big heart and, you know, go, our goals matched and all of the, you know, that stuff. And my kids were really impressed with that. And the truth the truth is, is that my kids are very protective. I well, kind of put them through hell and back with some of the guys that I dated, <laughs> you know, and so they wanted to make sure that I was seeing, you know, what they were seeing and vice versa. So what happened when he asked you to marry him? They were there. Um, the funny thing is that when we talked about getting married, I had said to him that it was important to me that my kids were involved. Here's one of those things about how one person says something and the other person <laughs> interprets it differently. When I said involved, I meant that I wanted him to talk to them before he proposed. It didn't matter to me that they were there or not, but I wanted them involved that way. He took it as that they had to be there. <laughs> So they were there. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. We had, my son was home for spring break and um, from college. And so we all went out for family dinner. And that's when he did it. And my oldest freaked out because nobody knew what was happening. And she was like, oh my God, where's my phone? I have to take this. <laughs> Let me capture the moment. Exactly. Right. Now, did he have children? None. No? Okay. No. So now you have to blend the family. That's another thing to consider, Brains, blending the family. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do it with a hand mixer? Do you want to do it with a, a blender? A mixer, with a blender? You know, how, how do you want to mix this? You had older children at the time, rearing them, disciplining them, 
you know, again, their their spiritual growth, their their uh, the finances, dealing with the other ex significant others, and you had children by two different you know husbands, so whole different you know, and then they have their own little quirky thing that they want to say they don't. No one will ever be good enough to be around their children, you know. So at first, initially. But you have to my, old, my oldest, just so you know, my first husband passed away years ago, so he was not in the okay. picture. Actually, he hadn't been in the picture since she was three anyway, so didn't have to worry about that. But yes, my my kids have a, a relationship with their with their father. And, you know, I have a mixed family. I have a, a blended family. Um, and on what, you know, one situation is good, the other situation, not all that good. So you have to figure out Again, how much do you want to lend yourself? How mature are you? Because it's not about a competition. If that person still wanted to be with their ex, they'd still be with their ex. They don't want to be with you and be sneaking and, and ducking and dodging with the ex. You have to totally get over that. You have to find security within yourself and that relationship. You can't haunt them. You can't belittle them because they care about their child. There has to be some sort of negotiation in there. You know, some sort of leverage where if the person is respectful, you can call. Uh, if they need to write a check, they need to write a check. The child is sick. You need to go to school. All these things, it is a lot to blend a family. But you have to be secure in who you are and solidify who you are, be it male or female. Now, the dynamics of these relationships, like I said, are different. In gay relationships couldn't imagine me being in love with a woman. We'd be to scratch each other's eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a different thing. It's, you know, people say love is love. It's a different combination. It's a different, um, it's a different emotion. It's a different expectation, I would mm -hmm. think. I don't Well, know. and we all have, you know, in a, in a male-female relationship, we have the masculine energy and the female energy feminine energy and we all have that men have masculine and feminine energy too and we have masculine energy but it is it's a different dynamic and how you communicate and how you put yourself out there right different right and your risk tolerance you know mm -hmm. uh do you work with same-sex couples i haven't yet i'm open to it but i haven't okay because i predominantly work with women over 40 um, who are looking for men, um, okay. but I'm certainly open to that. Well, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, and it's a learning curve. The world is so different now. It is. Yeah, it's so different. It definitely now. is. Just talking about, you know, some, some things that are going on in the world right now that's unbelievable, but it is what it is, and um, the most important thing is that you get love and you get good love, and Lynn, you are love. Thank you so much for joining me and my brains here on the edge. Please tell my guests how they can get in contact with you, consult with you, talk with you, work with you, uh, and learn and grow with you. So um, I don't have a website, actually, but I am on Facebook at Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, Vera, that's my maiden name, Imhoff. Um, and you can access my business page from there, um, my free gift from there. Um, I have a, a little ebook uh, called Three Rules to Dating Again. You must know now. They're not what you think. <laughs> so hold that up if, again. Hold that up again so we can see it. So we can know we can identify it. Hold on one second. Okay, three rules 
dating again, you must know now. Warning, warning. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Before you put yourself out there, you need to know these rules. Um, Yeah. So if you want, you know, and it's a pretty short, large font, easy to read. Um, Just a little ebook. Um, So if you want that, you can get the link um, on my Facebook page as well. Okay. Well, good. Brains, I need you to love on me (laughs) right now. Groupie love. Uh, I want you to like, love, share, subscribe. I want you to go in, leave a message, follow Lynn on social media, get the tips, get the tricks before you go on these social media sites uh, or during. Maybe there's something that you missed. You ever watch that show Catfish? I suggest that you watch that too. Uh, Know yourself. You can't give what you don't have. So you need to find out what you are willing to give, what you're willing to risk, what the deal breakers are, and what you're looking for. Manifest it down to their nails. (laughs) I want a certain (laughs) this, I want a certain that. Well, again, you know, you can conjure up, I want a husband and end up getting something that you're not wanting. Uh, 100%. 100%. And take your time. It's data collecting. It's fun, you know, and be careful. Thank you so much, Lynn. You are a queen of everything. I wish you, your family, and, um, you know, your kids the very best. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm.